Oregon picked up a big, dominant 31-7 win in the Civil War against the Beefs. And they're, they're showing you they're capable of great things this year. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Maybe you want to use Game Time to get a ticket to the Pac-12 championship game where I will be, where Oregon will be. They'll be playing Washington. Oregon sealed their fate, and they had to because Arizona obliterated Arizona State. I thought they would. I also thought Oregon would beat the Beefs. I felt a lot more confident once the Jonathan Smith rumors came out before the game, but I don't think it was going to matter because Oregon jumps out to the 14-0 lead in this game and Oregon State makes it interesting thanks to another Camden Lewin, Camden Lewis missed field goal, 14-7, and then Bo Nix takes over. And what I see from this team is so much greatness everywhere you look. They didn't run the ball great. Oregon State took that away. Props to the Bees defense for that. Didn't matter. Bo Nix is really good. Troy Franklin's really good. Tess Johnson, really good. Terrence Ferguson, nice game. Treshawn Holden, a couple of really nice moments. I, I mean, I'll get to individual standouts tomorrow as always. But just big picture with this team, I, I, I just have so much trust and confidence in so many different areas. Field goal kicking is the only one, along with penalties on the defense, that I worry about hurting the Ducks. Literally everything else. L- literally everything else is great. Everything else is great. I think that Duck fans' confidence in this team should be high. And as the season has gone on, we've watched a team every week play to a standard and not play down to the level of their opponent and play like a team on a mission, which is how they look. And if they beat Washington this week, they'll be in the college football playoff. I'll get to that and kind of break it down a little bit more later in in today's show. But Oregon just comes out every week. And they look prepared on both sides of the ball. They, ju- they just always look prepared when they come out. Great situationally in this game, once again, on both sides of the ball. Able to enforce their will. Able to stick to their game plans. Able to cause problems for the other side that they had to try and adjust to and just weren't able to. Oregon dominated in the trenches. Stop me if you've heard this one before. <clears throat> Bo Nix wasn't sacked. Was not sacked. The Ducks only registered one sack defensively. Do you feel like that tells the whole story of that game? Because Oregon State had a couple of backup offensive linemen in there. It sure looked like it. But even against their all-pro, or not all-pro, but all-conference caliber right tackle, Jordan Birch and Brandon Dorless, those guys were having a field day. Like the defense, all three levels, playmakers, depth. Offensively, everywhere you look, weapons. And, and I mean, just 
the continuity on this team and the what's the word I'm looking for? Chemistry, dynamic between the players and coaches, it just all lines up. This looks like a coaching staff that knows exactly what they want to accomplish and exactly how to attack an opponent every single week. And then they just go out there and do it. And the players trust those coaches implicitly and they go out and execute at a high level week after week after week after week. This has been one of the best Oregon football regular seasons in recent memory, in my lifetime, frankly. It does have an OG Chip Kelly sort of feel to it, where unless you're playing a really good team, you've got no chance. And by the way, Oregon State, good football team. Good football team. Might have been a tad distracted, but still a real good football team. We saw what they did to Washington the week prior. I I, I think Oregon State is a real good football team. They were not competitive in that football game. I know that at one point in time, it felt like they were. Yeah, they shouldn't have been. They they, they caught a break there. Oregon Oregon's weaknesses gave them help. Camden Lewis missed a field goal, and then there were penalties. First thing shifted the momentum. Second thing kept the drive going, and they capitalized with a smart play call. And then you know what happened after that? The Beavers didn't score another point because the second half adjustments, once again, were there for Oregon defensively. That staff has done an outstanding job. And I mean, you can nitpick a cu- th- th- those two areas, which have been consistent themes on this show and are just things we're going to have to accept with this Oregon football team. Camden Lewis is not reliable as a kicker, and the team commits penalties in some pretty tough spots. I would rather the penalties get cleaned up because when this team plays at their best, field goals don't matter. They they they, they do not matter when Oregon plays the way that Oregon is capable of, and they don't shoot themselves in the foot with penalties, man, they look like a team that can win the national championship. That is how they're playing every single week. And everyone wanted to doubt them before. Well, you haven't played any good teams. You've been beating all this sort of stuff. Well, Oregon State looked like a pretty good team because they put the number five team in a spot where they had to convert a third and four to hold on to a two-point lead late in the game. I look like a pretty good football team. They didn't look like a good football team against Oregon. They, they look look they look like an overmatched football team because they were. The talent on this roster lines up so well with what the coaching staff wants to do. They, they have implemented such a clear vision of how to play, and they have they have coached those kids extremely well. And everybody's firing. I just see playmakers everywhere I look. Dante Manning if everyone were healthy, would be Oregon's number probably three or four cornerback. He had a pass breakup and an interception and a few tackles against the Beavs. That, that's that's what this team is looking like right now. And I love watching them play. I love watching them play. Oregon didn't even run the ball that well against Oregon State. In fact, they ran it pretty poorly by Oregon standards. Other teams would be, ah, oh, you know, it's okay. But, I mean, I mean you look at the numbers. Four yards a carry. It's one of their lowest totals of the year. Bucky Irving, 14 carries for 41 yards. Oregon State had him completely bottled up. But this is another great thing about the Oregon offense. If you say, well, we're going to take away the run. Okay. 
Then on the outside, here's this guy who's a finalist for the Blitnikoff and is going to be a late first, early second round draft pick in the NFL. And here's a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback who's got a plethora of quality targets. Most notably a guy who, did you know that Tez Johnson is Bo Nix's adopted brother? I'm sure it's news to you as well. But in case you didn't know, now you know. Um, just poking fun at announcers, of course. I understand they like... They're talking to a new audience every time a little bit, but man, they drove that point home this year. It's an awesome story. We all love it, but man, we've heard it a few times. Um, anyway, I, I I just, this this team's got everything you need. Do you have the offensive line? Yep. Do you have a good offensive coordinator? Uh-huh. Do you have a good defense? Oh, yeah. Are you physical up front? Mm-hmm. Can you win in the trenches on both sides of the ball? Check. Do you have playmakers on the back end of the defense? I see some, yeah. They can be better sometimes, but gosh almighty, they seem to make a good no- a good number of plays. Are you good situationally? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's all there. I, I, I just I think this Oregon team is special, and it is one of the best that the program or program, if you prefer, has put together in the last 15, 20 years. Like it, it is up there with the 2014 team, the 2012 team. The 2010 team. There are a lot of great Oregon teams out there. This one is up there. I don't know where it falls specifically. That could be a fun postseason topic. We'll see how they do. They haven't won the big thing yet, which is the Pac-12 and get to the college football playoff. They still need to do that. But I think this team is so, so good. So is Bo Nix, man. Gosh, I love that guy. I also love game time because that's the fast and easy way to get tickets to your next big event. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets, whether you're going to a sporting event, music, comedy, theater, anything near you or beyond, Game Time's got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. One, two, that's it. You got tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. That is code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. I guarantee of every show that I got to have a second segment sip. So, Bo Nix, man, he's played his last game at Autzen Stadium, but not his last game as a duck. Courtesy of the win, Oregon will be in the Pac-12 championship game. And God willing, Oregon will be in the college football playoff. And I would love to see the Ducks there. The matchup with the Huskies, we'll talk about that as the week goes on. I will be there on Friday in attendance at the game. I would love to see you there. If you want to meet up, shoot me a message at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. YouTube comments, a good way to get in touch with me. Good way to drop YouTube comments or uh, to drop questions as well for the mailbag. But if you want to become a Locked on Ducks inside insider, Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on ducks and do just that. You become an insider. You can talk with me one on one. You can get messages straight to your phone rather than having to go into a certain social media app. And 
you get all my immediate reactions and thoughts and breaking news and in-depth analysis and all that sort of stuff. It's all over there on subtext, free 14-day trial. Then it's just $5 a month. Appreciate everybody over there. So I appreciate Bo Nix too, because I think the first show where I really said this was probably Colorado, you know, Colorado or Texas Tech earlier this season. And my comment on Bo Nix was what I love most about him is he's the same guy every quarter. On Saturday, that wasn't true. He was Bo Superman. And look, fundamentally, he's the same quarterback. He made some throws on Saturday. I just haven't seen him make before. And there were some NFL draft scouts in attendance. I guarantee you they saw him make those too. How about the free rusher coming off the edge, retreat and throw an out to Troy Franklin right on the money before Troy even comes close to getting his head around? How about the retreat where he's, I don't know, 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage and off his back foot throws an absolute seed on the money to Troy Franklin on a comeback on the sideline? How about before the half when Oregon needs a play to snatch the momentum back and Bo Nix says, let me just march us down the field and then I'm going to roll outside the pocket. By the way, great play from a Johnny Cornelius. Gets beat, doesn't hold. Says, nope, my quarterback can either step up in the pocket or run around it. He runs around it and makes a Mahomes-style throw across his body. He doesn't have the arms of Patrick Mahomes, but also... The Chiefs should draft Troy Franklin. That would be a great fit for many, many reasons. But that play was like, whoa. That's quite the throw. That's quite the play. Bo Nix in this game, 33 of 40, 367 yards, two touchdowns. He ran for 31 yards in his score. There's a lot on the line in this game against Washington, a Pac-12 championship, a college football playoff berth, a chance to avenge the Ducks' loss from earlier this year against the Huskies. I don't think a Heisman Trophy is actually on the line for Michael Penix anymore. I think he's out. He could be a finalist. I don't think he'll win. It's on the line for Bo Nix. It's on the line for Bo Nix because he is so good every single week. And for the last couple months, as the running game, frankly, has sputtered. Oregon hasn't run the ball for over 200 yards since Washington State. That was four games ago. Five games ago. Sorry, let me count. That was one, two, three. Uh, hold on, hold on. The ESPN website kind of glitched out and refreshed down. One, two, three, four, five. Five straight games. Oregon's been under 200 rushing yards. And yet going over 500 total yards of offense has been a frequent occurrence. Why? Because Bo knows. He is bodacious, baby. That guy is playing at such a high level. He sees the field as well as any quarterback in the country. He knows the offense inside and out. And oh, by the way, he's a mobile quarterback with a good arm and just has that it factor making plays. He had some ridiculously good throws against the Beefs. The layered throw to Tez Johnson had Brock Heward excited. Why? Because it had everybody excited. That was an NFL throw. Zipping it between two backers to Tez Johnson. The throws to Troy Franklin that I already mentioned. He just, 
I thought an underrated throw of his was the first down to Treshawn Holden, who, man, does he look fast. Hopefully Gary Bryant Jr. is okay, but if he's not, Holden is fast when he gets going full speed. Bo Nix, yeah, it's a simple crosser, but if he doesn't lead him perfectly, then Holden has to slow down even just a fraction, just a fraction, and the guy behind him catches him. Instead, he doesn't break stride. He picks up the first down. So I I thought there were just so many things he did well, so many little things, so many big things. He just does everything well. And I think if Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship on Friday, and I think they will, Bo Nix should win the Heisman Trophy. Does Jaden Daniels have a case? 100%. His numbers are crazy. But guess what? Bo Nix is playing in a conference title game this week. Jaden Daniels is not. And team success has always played a factor, and it should right here. It should right here only because it has in the past. You can readily make the argument because Jaden Daniels is a thousand yard rusher that he's the best individual player in college football. He's having the best individual season. I'm receptive to that. Here's my pushback. The amount of team success has always mattered. It has always mattered. And if Oregon is into the playoff, if he has a game, Bo Nix, against Washington, in which he goes for 340 and three touchdowns and the Ducks win the game, go look at his numbers the last couple months. Frankly, the entire season, he has been outstanding. He is completing a ridiculously high percentage of passes. He's at 78.5%. I, I, mean, I mean, last year, he set the Oregon single-season completion percentage record. He set the record last year at 71.5%. He's oh, he's 7% better. I First of all, Will Stein, what a great hire. Because the fact that he has taken Bo Nix and made him an even better player is bonkers. I, I, I mean, absolutely bonkers. Because he was so good last year. And he is literally a better version of himself this year. And let that be a lesson to the college quarterbacks out there who are thinking about going to the NFL. Don't tell me that that is the best way to make your money because I guarantee you, Bo Nix, this season has made himself more money. The earlier you get drafted, the more money you make, the more money you're guaranteed. And Bo Nix has made himself some money. That guy has been so consistent, so good. He's such a great leader. Everything about him, I I just love more and more by the week. And he's played his last football game in Autzen Stadium. And who who would have thought we'd ever watch him play a game at Autzen Stadium? I didn't when he made his debut in 2019. I don't think anybody did. And when he first came to the Ducks, fans were split on him, myself included. I I didn't know how to feel. Ah, man, it's... Can we get him to be, you know, a better version of himself? I know we can give him more than what Auburn gave him, but ah, is he going to do that? He has blossomed into that five-star potential he had coming out of high school. Auburn just didn't know how to use it. And you know what? Their misgivings are our fortune because that guy is an absolute treasure and an icon for the Ducks, and I love watching him play, and I can't wait to see what he does this week and hopefully – Fingers crossed in January as well. So where does Oregon stand in all that sort of stuff? Well, 
It is mildly complicated. It does, however, look pretty good for the Ducks right about now. You might be looking good if you go check out FanDuel because as the weather gets colder, which it is, when I got back from Las Vegas here to my house in Utah, it was about 27 degrees. That's 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 cold. But you know what's hot? NFL offers on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Or let's say your team, which it is for everyone listening to or watching the show, I presume, is the Ducks, and you haven't joined yet, and you think they're going to be Washington this week. A $5 money line bet gets you $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season, and get your college football gambling fix as well. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All righty. So Oregon right now, as I record this show, we won't see the next edition of the rankings which are going to be mighty important until Tuesday night. We'll have to monitor that, and I'll react here on the show on Wednesday. But it's hard to see how it's not a win-and-in situation for the Ducks. So after last week's college football playoff rankings, the Ducks were number six, ahead of Texas, as they have been all year, and ahead of Alabama, who lost to Texas. Texas thumping Texas Tech, by the way, was good for the Ducks. Yes, it's a common opponent, and they were far more impressive, but the Longhorns were at home against the Red Raiders' backup quarterback, and that win cannot, as dominant as it was, that cannot possibly move Texas ahead of Oregon after the Ducks also thumped a much better team in Oregon State, and one that is and will continue to be ranked. So I think the Ducks are safe in that regard. I also would have liked to have seen Auburn beat Alabama. I mean, Auburn. Uh, Auburn. (laughs) Once again, Auburn just can't do us any good. Uh, I mean, fourth and goal from the 31 and you allow a one-on-one with our old friend DJ James, by the way, who's had a great season for the Tigers. Uh, aye, aye, aye. that was, that was a mess. That was an, that was an absolute utter mess. But regardless, Bama lost to Texas. They're going to stay behind them. And by the way, Texas in the conference championship game plays Oklahoma State, who stinks. I don't care that they're ranked 20th and that they came back against BYU. I've been on this all year because I watched them get housed by South Alabama. Oklahoma State is not good. They are not good. They are one of the worst 9-3 and three teams I can recall in recent memory. They're going to be ranked going into that Big 12 championship game, and Texas is going to run them out of the building because they're not a great football team. So, that said, whatever Texas does in that game cannot supersede an Oregon win over undefeated Washington. There is no rhyme or reason to that, and I don't think, as ridiculous as this committee can be, for things like ranking Tennessee and keeping Oklahoma State around in the top 20, 
I do not believe that they can possibly justify Texas leapfrogging Oregon because of a win over Oklahoma State if Oregon beats number four Washington, who, by the way, should be number three going into conference championship weekend. So where I suspect the rankings will come down is Ohio State, who lost to Michigan, falls out of the top four. They absolutely should. Their resume is solid with a with a win against Notre Dame, close win, but still a good, a, a really good win on the road against a nine and three Notre Dame team, and they beat a ten and two Penn State team as well. They deserve credit for those wins. Those are really really good wins for sure. Ohio State could fall to number five. They they could be number five and become the highest ranked one loss team in the country. I think Oregon's better in Ohio State. I think Kyle McCord stinks. I, 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 he has not impressed me whatsoever. Whereas Carson Beck at Georgia, I kind of like that guy. I, I, I kind of think that guy's good. Ohio State will fall out of the top four. So Michigan will go to number two, maybe number one. It'll be Georgia, Michigan, the top two. Washington should be number three. Florida State will be number four. And at that point, as long as Oregon remains ahead of Texas, even if Ohio State is in front of them, the Ducks are in a win and in situation. Because in no world, with the way Washington has looked the last few weeks, but they keep winning, so they're 12-0, and there's no world in which if Oregon beats them, especially if they do it by 10 points, the spread is nine and a half, which I just, man, I, I do really struggle because it's such a big game to get like overconfident in that spot. And I'm not going to be overconfident. I do feel good about the Ducks chances, though. If Oregon were to win that game by 10 points, I don't see how they could possibly do anything with the Ducks, but flip them with the Huskies. I I, I don't know how you do it. And, and, and quite frankly, I think Washington at 12 and one should be ahead of Ohio State at 11 and one. I think Ohio State should drop pretty severely here and they should play in in a non-new year six rose or uh you know rose bowl or or sorry not a non-new year six a, a non-college football playoff new year six bowl game that's what ohio state should get they shouldn't be able to get into the playoff i'd put 12 and 1 washington in over them 12 and 1 texas should get in over them the the way this is all you know looking like it can play out i think the four teams assuming everything goes according to plan, so to speak. I think it should be Georgia, Michigan, the Pac-12 winner, and and Georgia and Michigan will presumably and hopefully win their conference championship games, and then it should be Texas. And I don't care what Florida State does. Florida State's not the same team. I'm sorry that Jordan Travis got hurt. I am. I think that stinks. But even if they beat – this may be a hot take. But even if they beat Louisville in the conference title game, no, I, 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 I would not put them into the playoff. They'll get absolutely mauled. They went in like it's it's pretty clear to me after watching that Florida game, in which they came back to win twenty four to fifteen. They're not the same team because with Jordan Travis, they win that game by fifteen plus points. Instead, they were losing for most of it. Like I, I, I just don't. It would make it would be a lot easier if they lost to Louisville. It would be a lot easier if Bama lost to Georgia as well. It'd be a lot easier if Bama had lost to Auburn. It's going to get messy, but I believe, given what the committee has done so far and how everything looks to be playing out, 
if Oregon beats Washington, they'll be into the playoff. And there's an argument that Washington should be in either way. I don't think that's going to happen. They would need a lot of help. It is possible. I think 12 and 1 Washington should get in over 11 and 1 Ohio State 100%. I don't think a 12 and 1 Washington will get in over a 12 and 1 Texas or a 12 and 1 Bama for instance. I I I don't think that that that'll happen, but not a given the Washington's going to lose on Friday. They're going to show up and play hard too. I do like the Ducks though in uh, that game. Uh, lastly here to end the podcast mailbag question again, YouTube comments, Twitter, or subtext, you get priority mailbag over at subtext as well. Another reason you should go check that out. This from Rick Goodman mailbag question. What did you make of that first duck drive taking over eight minutes off the clock? I thought they would come out passing to try and jump out to a good lead. Landing said he wasn't, it wasn't planned, but the irony after last year's fourth quarter, when the Beavs ran it 16 straight, I think it was a hundred percent intentional. 100%. I think it was to send a message to the other sideline. You did that to us a year ago. We're going to do it to you, and you're not going to be able to do it to us. I think that is 100% what Oregon was doing. Because why would you need to come out against a secondary that has been suspect at times this year that they ended up throwing the ball, you know, for 367 yards and two touchdowns on? Why would you need to come out and be conservative? You don't need to. You wanted to. I think Oregon wanted to. I think they set the tone. And I think that once they did that, they realized, okay, now now we'll now we'll open it up a little bit. But I never feel like they're calling plays protecting Bo Nix because guess what? You don't need to. He's not that kind of quarterback. We're well aware of it. I talked about it earlier in the show. So that's where everything stands. I thought that opening drive was awesome. And I felt really good afterwards. And I didn't feel great after Camden Lewis missed the field goal because it was a big momentum shift. But Oregon, with that and a horrifically officiated game, was able to overcome it all and win 31-7. Lanning's got his first rivalry win. Now he needs to get number two on Friday. Man, it's an exciting time to be a Duck fan. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And go Ducks.